Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I break down free agency. The Chiefs have certainly made some moves. Joe, the biggest one, Joe Thune, five years, $80 million they signed. I think a lot of us didn't see this coming. Who better to ask than a, a former NFL lineman yourself? Joe, your, your thoughts on this big move striking yeah. early and with emphasis here. Yeah, they. you know, look, Jeff, we know just – to take one step backwards uh, for the whole NFL, it, this free agency season has been on fire, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been unbelievable. The, the the dramatic moves, the things that are happening at a really rapid breakneck pace. I heard a great comment uh, about the quarterback situations for teams. And Andrew Brandt, I mean, he made a great comment as it relates to free agency, Jeff. He said, when you need a quarterback is the time you can't find a quarterback. And I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that's what happens. And, and I'm going to extrapolate that out to every position, right? That's what happens when like the chiefs are in dire need of a tackle. It's like, we can't seem to find a tackle. So again, th- this was my convoluted way, my circuitous way of getting to the Joe Thune comment um, is that, you know, when you're looking for something, you can't seem to find it. So you got to keep your eyes open for the next opportunistic move and I think that's where Brett Veach went with this. You know, I think that's where he went with the whole Thune signing. And, and I think it, it, it obviously solidifies the inside of their line, right? Now, here, here's my thought. Here's my, my theory on where this is all going. I, and I've been reading a little bit about it, so there's going to be some other people who, who have probably read about this. I, I think Allegretti moves inside. I mean, I think Nick Allegretti will be able to make the transition to center, I was and wondering I, about that, Joe. Yeah, and I think I think with the way that he played and 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 the amount of push that he gets in the middle, I think he's going to be a perfect uh, fit at center. And I think, if anything, you know, the juggling of Kilgore and Ryder, maybe that was almost a sign that hey, let's you know, let's see how they come out. Like we talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. This, was that was that really a tryout? So let's bump Nick back into center where he's comfortable. He's been on the depth chart before as backup center, so it's not like he doesn't know the position. And you get him in there, you bring LDT back, right, which I think we always kind of knew he's going to go into the season as a starting right guard. Mm-hmm. I think we, we always knew that. Um, and then you bring Thune in. Man, you got a pretty nice, solid interior part of the line. you got a young and, center. And they tendered Wiley, too. So they got, they've got him as well. Um, yeah, yeah, as as kind of a backup inside, right? I think I think Ryder and Kilgore and Wisniewski, in my opinion, Jeff, I think they're kind of out of the picture at this point. That's just my opinion, given given these moves that are being made, um, and then now it's back to tackle. So they like they look. You got to solidify the whole line. I know tackle. There's this huge bright light on the tackle spot mm-hmm. because of what happened in the Super Bowl. But I think they also struggled in the interior as well, you know, without LDT and, 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 you know, the way that Stefan Wisniewski, you know, the, some of the struggles that he had in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's a great player. He had great run, but you know, it just wasn't, it's not going to be a fit. So now they've, man, they've got the interior of the line really solidified. Really good. 
Really good. Yeah. So Brett Veach, master, you know, this, you know, you make that big move, you make the big splash. Now they can zero in on tackle. And my goodness, they got a lot of options going right now. Um, you know, you got Rankin, you got Durant, you got, I, look, did you see, I don't know if you've seen the, the tweets that uh, Kalechi Assembly has been putting out. He looks good, like in his workouts. I, I saw some. I saw him put a tweet out about some footwork drills that he was doing. He's already recovering, and it's only March, and he's doing his footwork stuff. And who knows, right? Maybe he's the backup, and they go out and, and draft somebody. They got one more big move at free agency. You know, is Lucas Niang the guy? I, you know, I don't know. So they they they're definitely now in the lab. Right, the Veach, B enemy, Andy Reid lab. It's all the Bunsen burners and 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 the uh, you know the things are in the cauldron. They're boiling and cooking up this recipe. I, I think it's going to be all with with the tender to Wiley. What they did with Thuni, Nick Allegretti, LDT being able to come back. I think they're solid on the inside. I think now it's all about the tackle, and they've got some pieces to work with right now between some of the names that I just mentioned and what, what they can do in the draft and what they can do in free agency for one more big splash move. I think that's, that's the next step. So yeah, we had to talk about this. I know we had a, we had this whole plan, right, Jeff, we were going to attack free agency and draft need by need. And I know maybe we were thinking about doing pass rush or how they're going to deal with all the young talent Special teams. <laughs> Brett Beach put a big wrench in that with the Thuni signing for <laughs> for sure. But that's that's the fun of you know free agency, right? It's just the opportunistic things that happen. To your point, um, yeah, I really think that you went from we still have to address the tackle situation, but to your point, I think the interior of the line has now gone from a weakness to a strength, and I, I'm looking at the um, Super Bowl. Uh, 54 depth chart from the game against the 49ers and Nick Allegretti. Yeah. was actually listed as the backup to Ryder. So I totally think you're right. They slide him uh, in there and uh, yeah. Uh, and we, we both like signed kind of the flashes that he showed as a blocker uh, in this past season. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Well, Joe bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing, and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. In fact, they've rolled out an industry-leading 86 prop bets for March Madness. You can even bet on which mascot will go the furthest. So the tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest at Bet Online, which is the spot for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I thought you were going to say which mascot would 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 uh, win in a battle royal, WWF battle royal steel cage match. That would be a good one, right? That, that would, would be a good one. Yeah, we'll we'll have to. Yeah, well, we'll have to dive deeper. You know, if 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 if, if this wasn't like free agency and, and yeah. such a big moment for the Chiefs, yeah. I think we actually might dive the spend the rest of the pod uh, with that. You know, Joe, I wanted to ask you about one of the things. Uh, Joe Thune, amazing, hasn't missed a game since he started, uh, since he entered the league with the Patriots, and he he started everyone. So he loved the durability. 
when I first saw the numbers, I was like, man, is that, you know, five years, 80 million. They made him at the time, he was tied for being the fifth largest just overall contract. Uh, so you're like, geez, did they overpay a little bit? But then you look and see what Trent Williams just signed, just blew up the entire market, more money than any lineman ever. So that's the position the Chiefs really needed, but you can understand why they couldn't get a tackle like Trent Williams. You know, Joe, your reaction to, to, to kind of these, these, these numbers. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say, I, it was on the tip, you saw it, didn't you, on the tip of my tongue. It was ready to come out. I was born 25 years too late. Yeah, right? <laughs> I really was. And I, and I think there's a lot of players. And look, I, you know, I had a nice six-year career and, and uh, you know, I you know, was never a full-time starter and, and all that stuff. So I was never going to command you know, that kind of money. And, and I was very lucky to do what I did, but I'll tell you, there's probably a lot of like, re, you know, guys my age that are, are, you know, that were those 12, 13 year bets, bet pro bowl type caliber players. And they're probably looking at it with even more regrets, probably not the right word, but they're, you know, like, wow, like, holy smokes. Like I know those guys all made, you know, really good money and really good livings, but you know, the, 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 the money has definitely gotten a lot crazier you know when you look at i mean like a big line a lineman's contract back then in in the early 90s just to give you some perspective you know um if if you were like a pro bowl caliber not even like pro bowl just let's call pro bowl caliber type player full-time starter relatively durable experience i mean if you were making on average, anywhere between eight hundred and fifty thousand to one point two million a year, you were probably in like the top echelon of highest paid linemen. I mean, that's so. When you think about that compared to today, if you just did the straight math and you you know you divided eighty million by the five years of the contract, like I know there's all I know there's crazy cap things and numbers and guaranteed money and all that stuff and bonuses and things. But if you just, you know, if you just did the straight math and you start looking at things like, you know, 15 million per year, right? That's 15 times what a pro bowl caliber player was making in the early to mid nineties. Holy cow. Have things gotten crazy. Right. And it's just so there's a, I know there's a lot of players out there who are who are Joe Thune types that are looking and going, wow, 80 million dollars where, you know, a big time tackle or guard back then in the early to mid 90s, 80 million dollars over five years. They might be looking at four million dollars over five years. And isn't that just amazing how much that money has just exponentially gotten greater and hey the demand is there so you know you can't blame the players for getting after it totally they, they are astounding figures joe your thoughts on uh thuni the player it's obviously someone who would know uh, uh your thoughts on him as, as the player well let's 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 take a look at it from the top down right he's he's part of the patriots organization which i know they struggled last year and it was one of the things we were talking before we were on air he's still part of an organization that has a tremendous amount of discipline. He knows what it's like to operate in a team environment. I mean, Bill Belichick, just because Brady left and, and the team struggled, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Belichick didn't struggle in other years too. It's not like they won the Super Bowl every year. I mean, they still had their challenges, but 
it just, you know, the, when you think about the culture of the Patriots organization, whether you love them or hate them, whether you just, you know, you, you, you love Bill, Belichick and his style or you hate Belichick and his style, there is a sense of culture there that that team, uh, you know, only had a, not only had, but like they absorbed a certain type of player into their organization that really fit that culture mode. So I think from that perspective, they're getting somebody who has, here comes that term again, championship DNA, mm-hmm. um, culture DNA, what it means to be part of a winner, to have that deep-seated, rooted culture in preparation, giving it all for your teammate, thinking less of yourself. Think of, Just think about Tom Brady, right? When you think about that, he was the embodiment of that culture, right? Even he did it with the Bucks, Jeff. I mean – you know, he, he goes down there and he builds a team around him. He was almost acting like a GM for Bruce Arians right. in some ways, right? I mean, he's he's building a team. His stats aren't fantastic, but they won the Super Bowl. And he played well and he managed the game. That's the kind of culture that the Patriots have. And, and I know I'm going off a little bit on a tangent, but I think it is important. And, and I think it's why a Brett Beach looks at a Joe Thune and, and an Andy Reid looks at a Joe Thune and says, okay, this is why we would give him $80 million. He's durable. He doesn't miss. We need that, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you definitely increase your odds, right? You know, n- n- there's no guarantees that anybody's going to stay healthy for all 16 games plus a run into the playoffs. But if you but, had to bet on somebody via they, bet online, there <laughs> of you course, go. You, it would but, be Joe Thune, yeah. So I, I guess, for, you know, I guess that's maybe my long-winded answer, Jeff, to why I think he's, he's a really, you know, really good fit. And he was the best out there. It's kind of like the, the whole draft mentality when you're going after the best that's out there. The Chiefs saw an opportunistic move to just like you said, I couldn't agree with you more. I agree with you 1,000%. They completely solidified and made the interior of their line of strength. Now we'll build from, we'll build from the inside out. So rather than – I think we thought – you know, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I know I thought – they were going to build from the outside in mm-hmm. and they're just doing it in a different way. That's all based on the, on the opportunity. Uh, Thune first three years in the NFL uh, started in three straight Super Bowls. That's a heck of a way to start a career talking about that championship DNA. Now uh, to make room for Thune, since he had such a lucrative contract, obviously the chiefs released both starting tackles uh, from their kind of, they're, they've won five straight, division titles and the bookend tackles on those teams were Eric Fisher at left tackle, Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle. This caught me by surprise, Joe. I knew, I knew their contract situation. I knew their injury situation, but little things like, um, you know, Mitchell Schwartz had posted on social media that he had bought a house last year. And I knew, you know, this was prior to his injury. Um, and I think I'm not certain, but I think it was actually like even a new house, not just a house they bought. I think they were like building one from scratch, which shows, you know, they're building roots. Now, he has since said, uh, since the release, that, you know, Kansas City is my home. I love the people. I wanted to but, – but still it makes you think, you know. And now, Joe, were you surprised by, by those two moves? I, I was more than surprised, Jeff. I was shocked, right? I used, that, I used the reverse of that term earlier, and I said I wasn't, I wasn't shocked, but I was surprised. This time I was shocked and surprised. I, 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 first of all, you know, you got to think number one about the whole injury ramification and the com- and the conversations that they must have had with Mitchell and with Eric about their injuries, right? Because there's so many rules about when you can release somebody 
and you know when they've recovered and then they have to sign injury waivers and all that stuff right the, the union has, does a great job with that just just to protect their players right you can't just it's so what it does is those those injury rules and those signing rules and those release rules protect players from just kind of getting caught up in you know you hurt your knee and the, the team just says well you're gone right and they just totally if you're if you can just cut somebody at will like that you discount the fact that it's a very physical violent game and people are going to get hurt so i was really that's that's what caught me by surprise was how fast it happened <clears throat> and it just goes to show you jeff you you hit on a point that is so salient at this time as it relates to the nfl like what did jerry glanville say many 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 years ago i th- i know he was talking to the referees but it does apply to most everything else in the NFL. What does it really stand for? Not for long, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's, it, it, it shows you the business side of this thing that there are no, there can't be any personal ties as much as they want to say that players and GMs and coaches become friends and, you know, it's a business and the chiefs didn't look and, you know, they weren't sitting in, in a room Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Brett Beach, ownership, management, whomever, scouts, medical personnel, they're not sitting in a room and going, oh, you know what, Mitchell just, he, he does the cooking stuff and the Kansas City barbecue and, oh, he just built that beautiful new home. And they go, yeah, let's hold on to him one more year, <laughs> right? And I, I'm, not, I'm really not saying that to be coy or to try to be like, you know, uh, uh, sarcastic, it's just the way it is, you know, that it just, that there's a, there's, there's a certain finite amount of time that teams have to make these decisions and they have to make them regardless of anything else that's going on in other people's lives. You know, I think back to all, think back to all the fun stuff with those two guys, Eric Fisher cracking the two beers, getting the Bud Light endorsement, you know, with the fans. And then you think about Mitchell Schwartz and his, his friendship with, uh, you know, Eric Stone Street, and you think about him doing all his barbecue and his cooking on Twitter, and like you said, building this home and making it his home. It's just that stuff is, while it's happening, it's really fun, but at the end of the day, the team has a job to do, and they've got 53 other players to worry about, and they've got, you know, millions of fans that are depending on them to make the right decision. So it, it it is a really it just shines a light on this thing as a business, right? If you, if you start talking about things like that, because to, to the casual fan in Seattle who doesn't know about Mitchell Schwartz's ties or Eric Fisher's ties to the city, they go, oh, yeah, they got rid of, you know, two damaged goods. And that's how they see it. So you have to really get on the inside and, and really bring the light, like the things you said about the home and the endorsements and all that other stuff. And it really makes you feel – it makes it feel personal. And that's, and that's the hard part of this business. Well said, Joe. We want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is a place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professionals. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes digital stamp authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has limited, eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more. 
making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Joe, uh, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz now on the market. What do you see their future? Do you, do you think they're going to be starting for teams next year? Well, I, I, th- I think so. I, th- I think somebody's – look, there's, there's a limited amount of that kind of talent out there. Um, and I think if they can get through the physical process and really show that they're recovered, um, I think somebody signs them, uh, both of them, to go in and, and, and pencil them in as starters. I really do. I, I think they're, they're both that good. I think this team, this Chiefs team, is seeing a window – that they have to stay in and they're making that decision. But I think there are some other teams that might be building, um, you know, and trying to create something. And again, their championship DNA is going to, is going to mean a lot, right? There are two guys that have done it. They've been there. I, I think I do bet online should have a line on this. I think if they go, I think if they go out into the market, I think, I think by week, you know, eight, both of them are starting somewhere. I really do. I think, you know, they may, they may need some time, um, you know, because of the surgeries and, and the fact that Eric Fisher has an Achilles injury, but Eric Fisher with an Achilles injury in week eight of the 2021 season is going to be a lot better than some of the tackles that some of the teams are struggling with right now. Um, you know, could come in and do a season of starting while they groom, you know, the next number one or number two draft pick to be a starter. Uh, that they that, that a team picks up this year, so I, I do I do think they you know, barring anything crazy in their rehab, I think both of them by you know by the middle of the season next year will be starting somewhere for for a team. I think so too, Joe. And uh, aside from the offensive line, the other really big moves by the Chiefs uh, so far, they've wow they have plunged deep into free agency, striking quickly, but really kind of uh, solidifying the running back group. One Williams in, another Williams out. Uh, Daryl Williams, uh, they brought back. Kind of Mr. Versatility, they call him. He can do a little bit of everything. Damien Williams, the Super Bowl hero who opted out last year, uh, they have released to save some money. So his his last performance with, with the Chiefs was that great Super Bowl performance when he had two touchdowns. Really had a case to be named MVP in that, of that game. Joe, your thoughts on uh, the release of Damian Williams? Well, you know, look, you hate to see a player get penalized, you know, for opting out. And I, I, I would never imagine that the Chiefs would ever do something like that. I, I, don't, I don't think that that was retribution or oh, right, right. anything for anything like that. Everybody had to make a personal decision during these tumultuous COVID times. Um, and he made that decision to, to sit it out and, and outweighed, you know, the benefits uh, outweighed the risks for him of sitting out. So you got to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, I think what the Chiefs probably saw is somebody in him that, you know, maybe he didn't have the consistency they were looking for. And you know, look, there have been a lot of players, Jeff, and you know this, you've been covering football a long time, that have gone out and had great games but they haven't had great seasons and they haven't had great careers. And I think if, it, if, if I had to, you know, kind of like put my analysis on it, I would say that the chiefs scouting department management personnel basically came and said, look, he, he yes, he had that great game. He just didn't have the consistency maybe that they, that they're looking for. 
um, that they feel the versatility of a Daryl Williams has over a Damian Williams. And with one more season under his belt to get ready for the beginning of the season with Clyde Edwards-Alaire to continue to mold him into this offense and him to mold the offense around him. Um, I think, you know, I think that's a good, I think that was a good move. And if I had to put my thoughts on it, Jeff, I think that's why, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, see what you think. Cause that, that was, that's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Sometimes you're like, Oh my God, it's just like Super Bowl MVP almost. And he's now not with the team. Joe, totally agree with you. I think he showed some real flashes. He was fantastic. I mean, they called him playoff Damien because he was so good uh, during the playoffs, during the Chiefs Super Bowl championship run, especially that game, that comeback against the Houston Texans. He had so many scores and so many big plays. But I think you're right. I think they saw Flash as a guy who wasn't necessarily consistent, that we could bang up a lot. And listen, uh, Damien Williams had to make a personal choice. And in many ways, it's it's commendable that he – he made the sacrifice. His, his mom was sick. I think a, a either a cancer survivor or was in the midst of cancer treatment, and he didn't want to um, do anything to jeopardize her health and potentially, you know, put himself at risk for COVID. So, Admiral, there. But listen, he also it, it is a business. He got he got paid. It was structured. Uh, the rules were structured so that he still got paid for last year. Not not as much as he would have, obviously, if he played. But listen, he he had to know the writing on the wall when they drafted Edwards Hilaire. And basically, his contract was set up. You know, he was going to get his millions last year and then probably not be with the team this year if if he had opted in, not opted out. So he knew he wasn't long for the Chiefs. And, you know, he it's a tough business, but he knew that when he made that decision. So, and I, I think, you know, the Chiefs, we're up, we're up against it cap wise. I think they just needed that money. Yeah. I think he'll be playing on Sundays. I, I don't yeah. know if he's going to be, you know, a featured back with anybody. I think it's a tough, that's a tough, there's, you know, if there was one position I had to say where there's just a, a glut of talent, it's probably at running back right now out there where people are trying to find their way. If he were a quarterback and he could, <laughs> he might have a shot at going somewhere, you know, it seems like to be, that seems to be the biggest struggle for other teams right now. But I think he's going to, I think he's going to be on a roster somewhere. I think he, he'll be a great uh, addition to a stable of runners. Um, and I, and I, and I, and I'm pretty sure I'll go back to my bet online stories. I, I, I think, I think he's, I think you can bet online that he's with, uh, with the team next, next, uh, next fall. Totally. I, th- I think Fisher, Schwartz, and Damian Williams will all be on teams next year. I think Fisher and Schwartz will be starting a lot of games. F- Fisher, particularly all Schwartz too, really just depends on health, if they're starting week one okay. or not. Damian Williams will definitely be uh, playing somewhere. It's just like you said, that running back market. There's another guy you know, we haven't talked about who the Chiefs are not going to bring back, uh, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's still – he's going to be playing somewhere too. I don't think either Damian Williams or – bell starts but it's just it's 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 already a buyer's market with the cap down uh the salary cap uh so much lower than it has been in the past teams can get good deals but especially uh running back which has really become kind of a disposable position uh but yeah damian williams will play he'll probably play well i i I think he'll have his typical thing that he'll have a couple breakouts might miss some games with uh injury uh but yeah a a big move obviously the chiefs she's made uh, of late and I'm okay with it Jeff I, I am I, I think you know going into this season with a couple of solid running backs and having a plan 
I think it's going to be good for the team. You know, I really do. I, I think it can be a little bit of a distraction when you have, you know, when you lose that, maybe chain of command is really not the right term, but you, you know, when you lose that sort of hierarchy of like, okay, this is our guy, this is the next guy, and this is the next guy. Like when you have that, it, it does make things easier. I know, like, I'm just going to make it, you know, kind of a, a, a bridge to, to my time with Kansas City with Marcus Allen, Greg Hill, Harvey Williams. Like, I saw what that can do to a team, hmm. you know, when you just don't have, like, this is our guy, right? Like, it just, it, it can be a little bit of a distraction. It can be a distraction for coordinators and play calling. It adds an extra dimension of decision making that needs to be get to, that needs to get done. I'm just kind of a believer that like you just go with what you got and you live or die with it, you know. And and rather than trying to waffle in, well, we can use Le'Veon in these situations and Clyde Edwards-Helaire in these situations. Like I just think that dilutes things a little bit and it doesn't allow the coordinator to have full access to the playbook in a very directed manner. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. I really am. Just, just let's go with a couple of guys that are going to be our go-tos for these situations. Let's build the playbook around them, and let's go. Let's go with it, you know, and get rid of all those little ancillary distractions. Yeah, you want depth, and you want to have, you know, you want to have some really solid players that can jump in, but, you know, you can't live your life wondering if people are going to get hurt and hoping you have the depth for it at every position. It's just not, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Interesting perspective there, Joe, from your playing days. And, you know, the other thing, the best thing that the, I think the running back group now has got going for them, Joe Thune. Joe how, how good was that? That Patriots team struggled a bit um, last year, but one thing they were really good at was running the football. And we saw that firsthand that one of the big differences of that AFC championship game when the Patriots beat the Chiefs to advance to the Super Bowl was they, they ran it down our throats and Thune was right there. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think things Chiefs fans, of course, like they always have <laughs> for the last several years, have a lot to be excited about. Well, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.